got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with me. Welcome, everyone. I am Joe Rinducci, and this is the third episode of my podcast series called How to Fake It When. Each episode focuses on important moments of our lives that we suck at and explores how you can better fake it until you make it. So join us for a thought-provoking session of some fact, some fiction, and a little fun that looks to explore the reality and wretchedness of human interaction. Okay, so today's podcast episode is sponsored by the good folks at Willie's Whipping Cream where regardless of whether you're making dessert or in the passionate arms of a loved one, this multi-purpose product is the item for you. Okay, as I mentioned in our first podcast on how to fake small talk, all of these podcasts are infused with AI. We make ChatGPT look like an old flip phone. But remember that here, AI means the asshole inside of me. That's the AI we're talking about. He's the much crankier version of Podcast Joe, the uh, brutally honest part of me that desperately needs to be contained. Luckily, he's on vacation this week. Went to some movie festival on the Matrix flicks. I still don't even know how that's possible, but I did get my credit card alert that I charged two coconut oil massages at a hotel near the festival. So, yeah, that somehow happened. But I do have another host today, a special guest and one of my favorite cousins, Miss Joanne. Say hello, cuz. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Joe. Not a problem. Great to have you here. Can you give everyone a quick bio on yourself? Sure. Since a woman doesn't share her age, I'll just say I'm a millennial. I heard you say in your first podcast that you deal with boomers to Zoomers. So now you get a chance to do it on air. Good luck. Oh, jeez. No pressure, huh? Okay, then. So today's session covers how to fake it when discussing music. Let's kick it off, as always, with a little history. The word music, where does it come from? Well, our modern English word goes back to the 1630s. 12th century old French called it musique, and the Latin word was musica. Latin word comes from the ancient Greek word of mausik, meaning art of the muses. The muses were nine gods in Greek mythology who ruled over arts and sciences. Any comments, Joanne? Uh, speaking of gods, my first thought was, oh God, please stop trying to say those foreign words for music. Hey, if the audience thinks my New York accent, living in the Deep South, is going to properly accent the French, Latin, and Greek terms, then they need to stop sniffing Willie's whipping cream. It's not that versatile. Neither are you. Uh, so, types of music. I could easily find over 50 out there, but let's focus on the main types. We've got, let's see, rock, country, jazz, blues, classical, hip-hop, electric... Uh, soul, dance, heavy metal, reggae, and pop, which is popular music. There's a lot of gray area where these types bleed across each other, but the most ambiguous term we will find is pop music. It started in the mid-50s in the U.S. and the U.K. 
Consider Pop Back Then as commercial and accessible on the airwaves and in stores for the teenagers. Really, it was just the opposite of big bad music and all the love ballads. Uh, rock and roll and doo-bop was the pop music in the 50s, then Motown through the 60s. As rock got harder in the late 60s and early 70s, it dropped the roll part of rock and roll and broke off from being called pop. And as far as the people, by the 80s, Michael Jackson and Madonna were widely known as the king and queen of pop. You pick which was which. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you would have had to live through that period. MTV, cone de bras, sequins everywhere. And then there was all of Madonna's crazy stuff. Sexist, anyone? Is this where AI would call you a loser? Yeah, and tell me to get on with it. Get on with it. That's better. So, Michael was still the king of pop in the 90s. The Spice Girl with the pop queens in the 90s. We also had some jokers in the deck, like the likes of the Hanson Brothers and their song Mbop. Oh, God. If you ever wanted to jab an ice pick in your ear repeatedly until you were deaf, this would be your go-to song for that decade. Is that why you're deaf? No. It's genetic. Bad genes. And shirt. And haircut. And is that a closed-up hole in your earlobe? The single earring and parachute pants were in during the late 80s, thank you very much. Now... To finish up, we had Britney Spears as the pop queen of the 2000s, and no doubt Taylor Swift and Beyonce were trying to wrestle the title away from each other in the 2010s, right up till now in the 2020s. So, know your pop stars. They will come up often in conversation, as we shall see. Hey, that reminds me. I looked up your intro song. It's from the 40s? Is that when you were born? What? Do I look like I'm 75? There's pictures of you as a baby that are in black and white. That's because color film was more expensive in the 60s and... Whatever. Let's move on. We're now at the point where we do examples of real-life situations and give tips on how to fake discussing our topic, which today is music. Is that clear, Joanne? As clear as old black and white photos can be. Right. So let's talk about two distinct scenarios. The first will be a work conversation, and the second will cover a date. For work, we need to remember a few key tips from prior podcasts that are relevant in many scenarios. Most important is to know your audience. This works across a wide variety of subjects, as you'll hear each week on our podcast. Is your conversation counterpart a drip or has a grip? Do they think ghosting means a white sheet and eye holes are involved? Do they assume when an artist drops new music, their cassette tapes fell to the floor? Know the answers to these. Hold on, hold on. Cassette tapes? Are they in black and white too? You've got to mod this. CDs are old too. Everything is digital now. Streaming, downloads. You really do need to take your own advice and fake this better because I may have to make a project out of you. I'm going to look forward to your glow up. Blow up? You're blowing me up? Glow up. G-L-O-W. To watch you transform for the better, cuz. Right. You are killing my mojo. That... Don't say a word. Don't ask. So, back to this co-worker scenario. Let, let's set the stage. It's a Monday. 
That already pushes your patience to the limit for the five days of having to duck people since your company forced you to return to your 3x5 cubicle and you've started to entertain thoughts about what another pandemic might look like for your own personal benefit. Your new boss, who replaced his boss, who was originally your old boss, walks into your cube before you can hide under your desk. He's been told by HR that he sucks at small talk and he needs to mingle among the commoners for a while if he plans to get promoted away from us. So he starts to blather about this jazz club he was at over the weekend. Something about their perfect harmony and balance and pitch. Since you listen to every third word, you hear pitch and you wonder what a few fastballs to his head would look like right about now. When he asks you your thoughts on jazz, here comes tip number one. Use broad statements or cliches that can be applied to any music. For example, you could say things like, Jazz, I really appreciate the raw emotion in it, and the lyrics are so relatable. Now, quickly seize the momentum and talk about your personal taste in music, even if it's basic. Say something like, I'm really into chill vibes and acoustic sounds, or I enjoy songs with powerful, soulful lyrics. This will give the impression you have your own deep musical preferences, but you really don't know what you're talking about. Now put them away and sweep the leg. Sweep the what? Drop a fact from one of the different types of music I mentioned at the start and combine this into a winning daily double alongside the Know Your Audience tip by saying something that's most likely the first music type your boss will know or like. Something like, so, Boss Bob, I've rediscovered my love for reggae. Did you know it comes from a Jamaican phrase meaning rags or ragged clothing? Then, as his eyes go vacant and you can tell you've got him on the fish hook, say, I love Desmond Decker. You really helped discover Bob Marley. But everyone knows Marley. Who else do you like? At this point, your boss should be desperately peeking over your cubicle for someone he could say is looking for him, and he'll be out of there before you could start singing I Shot the Sheriff. And that, scenario one. Thoughts, Joanne? I understood about five words in all of that. Well, then this is both fun and informative for you. You're 0 for 2 there, cuz. Wow. Uh, wonder when AI gets back. So, moving along. Scenario two is a date. Do you date much, Joanne? If I did, I wouldn't be here. Right. Okay, so, music elicits a lot of emotion. It can make you sad, or glad, or mad. It can make you feel high, or want to sigh, or remember days gone by. And of course, it can make you cry. So, when on a date, here comes tip number two. Try to avoid any and all of these negative emotions, or pretty much any emotions that's going to elicit a negative reaction. You want this date to thrive? Then stay alive. So don't bring up controversial artists or songs. Never, 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 never say, Oh, I just heard that gem from R. Kelly. What a voice. Who's R. Kelly? What's his sound? His sound? Probably the lights out buzzer in his jail cell. Ew, gross. And another thing, do you think you can set a scenario that's a little more positive? You keep setting the worst situation. 
I keep getting an urge to cut my hair short and swallow a gallon of butter pecan ice cream. More positive. Yes. In your intro song, the lyrics say you have to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. I guess that's how they spoke in 1844. 1944. Whatever. Old. So can you try to make this next one more positive? Uh, sure. So let's see. We have our guy, let's call him Tony. He's out with Teresa. They've been on a couple of dates, but it's been light chatter. Mostly movies and a lot of texting. But it's getting serious now. And tonight, Tony's taking her to a fancy restaurant. Love is in the air, and he wants to impress her. He knows there'll be more conversation, so he studies up on all my other podcasts for tips and... Stop, stop, stop! Are you marketing your own podcast during this? That's just chuggy. Chuggy? I'm guessing that means uncool or something not nice. Fine. Tony brushes up on various topics so he can impress Teresa with his vast world knowledge. Even though his world experience is watching the Baseball World Series, which doesn't include teams outside the United States. Wait. Pause. That's a negative. And don't they have that Bluebirds team in Canada? Blue Jays. And Canada's all about hockey. They try to use the bats for hockey sticks on the grass. Very chuggy. Did I get that right? So, back to the scenario. During appetizers, Teresa asks Tony what he thinks about the war in Ukraine. This is a curveball here to you, the listener, as you were expecting a music fake. And we'll get to that, but everyone needs to be prepared for all topics, including Tony. So, Tony's eyes widen. His first thought on hearing the word Ukraine is that she's talking about the coin-operated machine in the arcade with the metal crane arm that he tried hard to win her the gold-plated watch with. Then he realizes it's the war she's talking about. So here comes tip number three. Stay neutral when discussing two-sided conversations. This is because even if you're 99% sure that you know what the person across from you will say, there's still a 1% chance of it going bad. Real quick. You wouldn't swallow a cup of anything with 1% poison in it, would you? Well, hopefully not. So, unless she asks and tells you which side she supports in the same breath, assume nothing. Pay attention and try to pick up on her insights or opinions. Learn by listening and use broad statements in your response. Something like, well, it's a horrible situation. Lives lost. Things will never be the same. Then lower your head and say that your buddy John has family over there and it's hard for you to discuss this. John's such a common name, she probably won't question which which John. And props can help here. So make sure you quietly lower your steak knife under your table and jab yourself in the finger right at the moment you lower your head. Either you'll have a real teardrop or the actual yelp of pain will divert her off the subject and force her to worry about you now. Really? Poke yourself with utensils? That's the advice here? Sure. Lightly. No pain, no gain. Now, let's say she instead asks Tony what he thinks of Megan the Stallion. Tony initially thinks Teresa's pretty cool and asking about some horse running in the Kentucky Derby. 
but then quickly realizes she's probably not. So he scrambles to get more details. He counters with, in what regard? This forces Teresa to say something like, well, her last album or her new song. This gives Tony all the runway he needs to land this jet with the one engine on fire. He smiles, now knowing it's a female singer. And even though he wouldn't know or feel her music, unless it fell on his head while playing on a large concert speaker, he uses tip number two on using broad statements that apply to any topic and says, she's fantastic. The way she uses her lyrics to get my heart pounding is a tribute to her talent. Do you know what you want to order? Notice Tony, you know, got right off topic and put the questions back on Teresa on something that he wants to discuss now. And really, that's it. It's a conversation well done and won. Victory is his. I just, wow. There are no words. Good, because that's enough words for this podcast. So in review, our three tips this week were use broad statements or cliches that can apply to any situation or topic. Try to avoid all negative emotions and stay neutral in all multi-sided situations. By applying these useful tips with a little time, effort, and practice, you'll never feel cornered or not in control of any conversation. I want to thank my cousin Joanne for joining us this week. Did you have a good time? Wait, that's it? Don't I get to comment on these tips of yours? Nope, no time. Always leave them wanting more, and less is more. Plus, my credit card phone notifications are blowing up with charges from AI, so I gotta go. I want to thank my listeners for sharing your time with us. Please follow us and spread the word that no matter how crappy your day is, no matter how much you'd like to run screaming from a cubicle conversation from hell with Boss Bob, relief is in the form of a little fact, fiction, and fun. Just a click away. Later all. You got to spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom down to the minimum. Or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene To illustrate my last remark Jonah in the well, Noah in the ark What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better hide set You ain't the positive You got to accentuate the positive, yes, yes. I need the negative and latch yes. on.